This episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast is brought to you by Echo One Photography. Are you in the greater Toronto area and looking for some headshots or really any photography needs fulfilled? Well, look no further. Echo One Photography does it all from headshots for actors and comedians to corporate headshots, even social and dating website profile pictures. That's right. Don't take a selfie. Get it done by a professional. Increase those odds. They'll do it all. Product photography for your business, for e-commerce and advertising purposes. Once again, Echo One Photography does it all. Email Eugene at EchoOnePhotography.com today. That's Eugene, E-U-G-E-N-E, at EchoOneNumberOnePhotography.com. Enter J-D-C-H in the subject line. Message to my mom. Message to my mom. This is a message for my mother, who is now on Facebook and online, so may very well have stumbled upon this podcast. So mom, if you're listening, let me first say that I love you very much. You're a great mom, always have been and continue to be to this day. And secondly, let me ask you to please not listen to this podcast. You know, this is a comedy podcast. It's uncensored. I interview comedians and other creative, fascinating, interesting people, so I don't have any control over what's said. We might discuss some not-so-tasteful topics and have some salty language peppered in there, so you might not like what you hear. So please, I beg you, if you're listening, please turn it off. You know, they say to truly become a great artist, you can't care what other people think of you. And that really begins with your parents. You cannot care what your parents think about your output to truly reach your full potential. So I ask you, Mom... Please let me be great by not having to think in the back of my mind that you're listening to this. And if you do choose to listen, just know that I love you very much. Message to my mom. Message to What is up? Coming at you from Lemon Press Studios in the Distillery District, downtown Toronto. That's right, it's episode number two of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to episode number one. Got some good feedback from some of you. Appreciate it. A lot of people enjoyed my chat with Dave Sidhu. If you haven't listened listened to it, check that out. How you doing today, huh? What are you saying? Are you at the gym? Are you driving? Are you driving 
to the gym? Who knows? Either way, thank you for for doing this. For letting me be part of your day. I'm a little frustrated. Uh, actually, really angry. Really angry, because fir first reason, I just recorded an intro for the last 15 minutes, but I didn't record it. So I was talking away into my microphone, expressing myself in my little studio here, and to no one, that nothing will ever, no one will ever hear it. Anyway, so let's try this again, and it feels weird doing it again and repeating myself, but whatevs, it's part of the game. And reason number two I'm so angry, I can't figure out or seem to be able to put this thing on iTunes. I've been submitting, first episode was released on Friday, I've, been, I've submitted the podcast on Thursday, the night before. It says it takes up to 24 hours to submit. All weekend, didn't hear anything. Finally, yesterday, Monday, submitted, it worked, it was up there, iTunes, I was so happy. I sent the email out to a bunch of people with a link to it and then advertised it and promoted it. And all of a sudden, I get an email today, my podcast has been rejected from iTunes. And here's the frustrating part, try to call them, no numbers. You can't call podcast support. You can call Apple and iTunes, and I talked to Ray there, who was a nice guy, but told me that the podcast team does not have phones, I guess. They're that dedicated to podcasting, they do it all through computers. And... So now I try to resubmit the feed, and it says it's already been submitted, but it's been rejected, but it's already been submitted, so I can't submit it again, so it's not up there, so fuck! I can't figure it out, and I've done this in the past before for other people. I'm a techie guy, but for some reason, this time for me, when it's for my own podcast, I just can't seem to, to do it. And then I try to contact Libsyn, Liberated Syndication, where my podcast is hosted, no no phone number either. There's just, nope. We don't do that. Email. Well, that's awesome. Email. You can't email complaints because it's impossible for me to convey my rage enough in a way that you can understand the urgency. I know it's it's obviously a first world problem that I'm complaining about this. I'm just really frustrated and I'm expressing, okay? So just let me express. And if anyone from iTunes or Libsyn is listening to this, go fuck yourself. Uh, that's all I need, another reason to be rejected. Anyway, so hopefully by the time you're listening to this, it'll be up on iTunes or something, somewhere. My guest today was Mike Bennett. I had a great chat with chat, chat with him, chat, chat it up. He's the voice of Garage Baby and uh, all the jingles that you hear throughout the show. He's a very talented singer-songwriter, and you will enjoy that. That'll be coming up later on. But before, I just wanted to share, I've been, um, I've been going on auditions, commercial auditions. A TV commercial audition, which, uh, man, those things, it's... I don't know if I'm the only one that feels this way. I'm sort of new to this, to this auditioning thing, so... Naturally, it's uh, like anything else. It's one of those things I'll just keep getting better as I, as I go out. But uh, I got a new film and TV agent, and she's great, and she's been sending me out uh, quite a bit. And I went on this audition, and it's impossible not to feel ridiculous at these things. Absolutely embarrassingly vulnerable and ridiculous. 
you know, I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm used to being on stage, controlling the situation, controlling the audience. Auditioning is something completely out of my element, and it's something where you're not really in control. I mean, you, uh, the con- you have control to, to such an extent where you get your sides, you, you study the scene, and you show up and do whatever they say. Anyway, this, this particular com- commercial I was auditioning for, it was for this, um, this rich kid that asks his dad for, I don't know if I can say the company that was uh, the, ah, who cares, I'll say. It was for a Dodge commercial, for a Dodge Charger. And uh, I'll, I'll read you the, the description, actually. It was for the role of Michael, uh, age range 23 to 29 years old. He's a rich, spoiled brat kid, good-looking, nice to watch, relatable, may not have the perfect nose or something odd, standard American, friendly, one of us, rich kid. Perhaps he isn't the sharpest tool in the shed. Perhaps he's overly confident or cocky. That's it. That's the description. Anyway, I show up to this audition, and I'm out of my element. I show up. I'm sort of like, I feel like everything I'm wearing is uh, oversized. I feel, I'm not feeling in control. So I get there, I sign in, and it's very quick. The process is very, very quick. They introduce me to the camera guy. I go into this room, and it's just myself. And this, uh, this guy behind the camera. And the spot, it, there's no lines in the spot. It's sort of like, uh, it's a voiceover. So it's like, Michael, uh, I'm Michael. Michael recently asked his dad for a car. And his father said no. And then it's, the camera's on me. And at that point when he, he says, his father says no. My face is supposed to change from sad to devious. Like, oh, I'm like, shit's about to go down. Michael asked his dad for a Dodge Charger. And he said no. Change face. Uh, and then it cuts to uh, Michael doing all these things. I'll read some of them to you. It's sort of like um, different situations where the first one, I'm sitting. Let me read it to you. So the first one cuts to Michael. Michael is sitting on an armchair in front of a jet. The jet engine starts creating a violent wind that hits Michael. Okay, so this is what they asked me to do. So I'm in an empty room with another grown man. We're two grown men. It's quiet. I'm sitting in an empty chair, and he says, okay, now pretend that there's a giant jet turbine in front of you, and it turns on, and it's blowing like crazy in your face, and you're holding onto your seat, and you're freaking out, and go, and I have to then pretend this is happening to me. So I sort of grab on the chair and, the, and my arms are flailing, flailing in the air and I imagine I look ridiculous. And what I'm thinking of the whole time is how is this guy not laughing? So he says, all right, all right. All right, now do it. Do it again, but this time you're having fun. So I imagine I must have looked just terrified. You know, the, the rule in commercial acting is that everything's great at all times. No matter what the scenario, yeah. And here I am looking terrified as shit, freaking out of this wind turbine, like I'm about to die. So I do it again, but this time he's like, you can you can be you can throw in some noise in there, like a woo or something, just like make it all audible, like a, and sort of like a laugh, like wah sort of thing. Anyway, so I do that. Feeling more uncomfortable by the second. And then he says, okay, all right. And he's doing this thing in between takes where he's going, a, a super, like super, but he's 
doing it like in a fun way to sort of I imagine to lighten up the room like uh, as super. So I imagine like I imagine he you he wouldn't do that if it was really good. Like if Leonardo DiCaprio was sitting in front of him in a room and killing an audition, I imagine he wouldn't from take to take be going uh, as super. I think he's probably feeling for me like ugh and trying to make it light. So he goes, okay, do it again, but this time start, and then midway through realize like, oh shit, uh, you might die. So I have to, again, two grown men in a quiet room, and I'm sitting on a chair pretending that there's a jet engine in my face. So then he gets me to stand, and again he gives me a, a super, and then he brings me to the next stack. There's like a stack of like these uh, wooden cubes, boxes. And he says, okay, pretend, okay, karate chop it, and you break your hand, and you're in pain. Action. So I, huzzah, I do the thing, and I, I'm, I dance around in pain. Then he, do, he, does, he says again, like, okay, do it again, but this time, more. And every time someone says more, I already think I look ridiculous and over the top, and someone says more. To me, I just get more in my head. So he says, uh, do it again, but more. So I'm, okay, so I, okay, go. So he just, I karate chop, pretend my hand's broken. And then he gives me another, a, a super. I now do it again. But this time, there's someone off camera that you're trying to hide the pain from. So do it. You chop the, it's, in the commercial, I guess, it's, uh, I'm, Chopping these uh, and failing to chop these cinder blocks. So do it again, karate chop. And I'm dancing around. And this time I actually feel like, okay, I sort of made that funny-ish. Feeling ridiculous the whole time. And then the third thing he gets me to do is he goes, okay, stand here in front of the camera. And pretend you're temp tempting a bunch of dogs, teasing a bunch of dogs with a hot dog. All right, so you're like, yeah, uh, oh, no, you can't have it. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But then uh, midway through, there's a pit bull and a Rottweiler there, and you tell them to stay. And then you take off running, but you can't actually take off running because we need to see you running. So you have to run and turn your back to the camera, run in place, and look over your shoulder. And make that funny. Go. Let me remind you, I'm standing in a quiet room with another grown man, and that's it. So I'm like, yeah, uh, 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 uh. I do the thing. Then the, I imagine the Rottweiler, and I'm like, stay. No, 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 stay. And then I turn my back to the camera and have to run in place. And look over, and I have long hair, and my long hair is flopping up and down. I look ridiculous. And I feel even worse. And then he gives me another, a, a super, thanks for coming in. And that's it. In and out of there in like two minutes. It's like a concentrated two minutes vortex of embarrassment. And then you're out on the street. You sign out, and you're done. No feedback. You feel insane. 
I felt like I was doing, like, my performance is what they would use. Like, they would use that tape to show in acting classes on, like, what not to do. The whole time I'm thinking, first of all, A, good on you, dude, for not laughing in my face because this is hysterical. I'm a grown man and I'm actually trying. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm actually trying these things. So good on you. And please blur out my face when you show aspiring actors what not to do. Baby Jeffrey loves to laugh lots. Baby Jeffrey, don't call the cops. Sorry. Park of Lie Doug speaking. How may I help you? Hi, Doug. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah, this is Jeff. I just I wanted to get a quote off you for. Uh... I can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this better? Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Listen, I wanted to get a quote. Uh, I'm going to head to Vegas to check out the strippers, and I needed to get a, a quote on parking my car there for about... Uh, I can't give you a quote. Uh, the rates are $15 a day, okay. $75 a week, taxes in. Okay, that sounds good. And that's all, so I can park there. How much is it for, like, uh, three weeks? It'll be three weeks. It's going to be three times 75 Three times seventy-five. So that's two hundred and twenty-five dollars. That's correct. Okay, excellent. And uh, what do you? But if you're size? over the hours, you'll get yeah. an extra fifteen-dollar charge. Oh, that's good. I was just wondering if it does there size restrictions or? No. No size restrictions, so I can park my uh, my rig there. Your rig. Yeah, I've got a rig. Are you bringing a trailer with it? Uh, not necessarily. But there is a possibility. It depends. Well, I've got no problem parking the rig. I prefer you don't bring the trailer because we're getting a little crowded. I mean, because we have uh, turning radiuses aren't as good as they should be. Oh, okay. All right? Okay, that's good. Um, so pretty much any day or do I have to make a booking? You know, or? you don't have You just show up and park and we'll look after you. Okay. It's not a problem. Okay, that's fantastic. We aim to please. Oh, that's, that's awesome. What's your name again? Doug. Doug, okay, that's Jeffrey. So I'll probably see you, I don't know, in the next couple of days. All righty. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, bye. 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 And there you have it. Baby Jeffrey and uh, Doug, they're helping us out over at Parking Fly. So we had both ends of the spectrum with Baby Jeffrey phone calls. So far, we had... Last Friday's episode where the person on the other end decided to call the police. And this week, the complete opposite. He just rolled with it. Wasn't even phased by it. Yeah, sure, he'll park a baby's rig. No questions asked. My guest today, Mike, the word man of Alcatraz Bennett, joins me on the second episode here. Second guest ever on the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. We had a very interesting talk. He's... uh, like I said off the top, he's lead vocals in Garage Baby and the the voice behind all the jingles that you'll be hearing on the podcast. And he spent quite some time, 18 years in the UK as part of the punk rock scene over there. And he's got a very fascinating, interesting story. So enjoy that. He's also in the middle of the interview. We do this fun segment, brand new segment called Are You Mariah or Yoko? Which is very fun with uh, comedian Jen Grant. We'll explain that in a little bit. And Mike uh, wraps up the interview with two songs on the ukulele. So enjoy my chat with Mike. 
when we belong Just like the flowers laughing all day long People I need to lose Sing a little song Then take a shower Julian Dion Comedy Alright uh, everybody, my guest today a uh, friend of mine, and you'll recognize him from uh, the intro of this podcast, actually. A uh, beautiful waste of time. That his, is his uh, art, his creation, his uh, piece. You'll also recognize his voice from all the jingles you've heard so far uh, in this episode. And you might recognize his face. He's the angry face on stage. The one that seems like he's seething. Uh... I to say what if you come check out the Julian Dion comedy hour uh, live show every other Wednesday to say what uh, he's uh, always on stage he's very talented he's got some stuff out there in uh, solo stuff group stuff in bands you've seen him in Garage Baby and uh, El Bandido solo stuff he's got uh, an album out called Imitation Always Fails which is very good uh, by Mr. Bennett He's got an alter ego, the word man of Alcatraz, where he brings you some cool ukulele sounds and a new experimental that he says he doesn't talk about. But uh, what other place, what other better place to talk about it than here, Miguel Benitez? Benitez. Benitez. Oh, oh shit, of God. course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my guest. Here I am. Here he is. Mike Bennett, uh, the so word man of Alcatraz. Basically, it's all coming out now. So I'm the miserable one on stage. I got to <laughs> work on my face, man. It's the only face I got. It I don't is. Know. I you didn't know that, that you were the miserable one. The no. man always jokes about that. How you're, uh, you seem like you're, you're held there against your will. I'm just trying not to offend anybody because <laughs> everything that comes out of this face in this city. <laughs> Very easily upsets people. Yeah. Hi, how are you? The sky is blue. Oh, it's just the way you say it. Yeah, Michael. Yeah. I'm sort of like that before I say anything. Like my resting facial expression. Everyone's always telling me you're so serious. Yeah. You're just too serious. I'm like, well, I'm having a blast in my head. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks for being here, brother. Thanks for Indeed. doing this. Thanks for asking me. I, I wanted to have you on because uh, I I I think I'm in love with you. You no, love me. I do. Join and, the club. Um, you have a really extensive career in music, spanning over, what, 30 years, I'm going to guess? Mm, yeah, plus. 30 plus years. Mm. And so I kind of wanted to, uh, by the way, if oh, I show you this at any point, this is just to uh, to eat the mic a little okay. bit. Okay, eat that. Just so we get our levels right. Okay. Anyway, that was a little technical Let's note. They're listeners. Hello? So yeah, I know that uh, your your story, you've been sort of, uh, you're very worldly when it comes to travels and what you do, and when it comes to travels, who am I? Um, anyway, you've spent quite some time in the UK, so let's let's go back. Uh, you're from Toronto. Yep. Born and raised. Yep. But you left um, and spent a considerable part of your life overseas in the UK. 18 years. 18 years, holy shit. Yep. Tell us about that. What what prompted nope. you? No, okay. That was the show. Thanks a lot next for tuning in, everybody. Uh, join us next presumptuous week. Presumptuous as they come. You think I'm just going to roll in here and tell you everything about me. <laughs> Size 28 sometimes, usually 30. Okay. What self. what time of year are you at 28? During? Uh, it depends. Usually I try and trim down for the summer. Trim down. How do you trim down? Do you just sort of like fast? Do you... Um, I don't really know. You got me there. 
I think it's a genetic thing. This is what we do here. Oh, I try I'm to, stripped I try right to down fuck now. your shit up. I yeah. try to. You could, I'm I'm Maltese, so that's it. It's genetic. There you go. What's the matter with that? <laughs> uh, Don't be racist. Uh, I'm it's a, a small bit, place. All right. Kissing cousins. Who are you gonna marry? So I was wandering around Europe. Okay, so but what what would prompt you? Like, so you started doing music here. What what yeah. age did you start playing music? Um, six. Six. And so, are you were you in any? You were in the Toronto scene. And what prompts you to move overseas? I mean, are you doing it for a bit here, and you think things aren't r- working out, or you just want to see the world more? You there's a yeah, yeah. Well, I had some. I worked for the TTC, and I had lots of money as a teenager, mm-hmm. uh, relatively speaking. In fact, I was making more then than than they pay now. I think uh, in some places, minimum wage is twelve. I was on thirteen fifty in nineteen seventy six. Oh yeah. So I saved right. up and buggered off to Europe. Got the Via Rail, wandered around, did all that, and then um, ended up in the UK on the way back and met a Welsh woman and stayed and came back and we stayed here for a few while, uh, a few whiles, and then my son was born, and then uh, we went back to Wales where his mother was and stayed there for a long time, and then I stayed in other places for a long time because we realized that we weren't going to be together anymore. And so, yeah, was, uh, all around, and I had agents in Europe that kept me gigging and running around mm-hmm. Europe and uh, the U of K. And, uh, uh, yeah, kept me busy, kept me running around. So that's, so you basically did music, music the whole time. I know that for comedy, for example, uh, in Europe, the UK specifically, it's sort of going through a boom now. When you were there, was that sort of the case with music? Like compared to North America, were you gigging all the time? Were you were you making a living? Were you? Yeah, at times I had jobs in between. You know, I'm a musician, so I have to have jobs. I'm not that successful. I know it doesn't look that way, but um, I've had over sixty jobs at last count, and uh, I'm still getting them. And I'm still trying to be a musician and creative wanderer at the same time. So most of the money was in Europe on the continent with cappuccino and uh, croissant. And uh, not croissant, croissant, croissant. <laughs> no, it's a croissant. It's a croissant witch. It's a croissant. So, yeah, most of it was European money because you can make a cover a lot of ground over there and, you mm-hmm. know, move around. Get on it. The UK is all kind of similar to here where you, like London, you got to pay to play. Right. And I don't do that. So no way, really. F that noise. Yeah. How much would you pay to play? Me? I wouldn't. Bus fare. Maybe. No, but like usually like uh, on a typical show that you do pay to play, what 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 do they ask? I don't know. What's you know, I mean. Rate? Yeah, I, I I don't know if it's a if it's a. I mean, one time there was there's a, uh, you know, we played in Covent Garden. We went three of us went from Bristol. We we brought sixty uh, people to uh, the to the gig, and I asked for a beer, and they said no, and I asked for half a pint, and they said no, and I asked for a coke, and he charged me two quid, and they made money, and we didn't. Hmm. Uh, so I don't do that sort of thing anymore. I try not to. Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't want to be arrogant, but, uh, you know, when you, when you invest every minute and penny of your life for 35 years, you don't want to do it for free. You know, it's a craft. Yeah, yeah, That's what yeah. you're doing. That's you're what I find with, with artists, uh, like art, 
people generally take it for like they're shocked when when you charge them for it which is so weird they want you to do these things the same goes for comedy uh they'll always say things like comedy's so hard like i cannot believe that you do that that's really admirable i respect that a mm. lot and then when you, Can you get ask me them f- yeah uh, <laughs> and they're like oh you want to get paid for it like when mm. you get when you charge them to do it. it's like of course it's like you said you dedicate your whole life to it by the time you actually make it in front of people that's worth anything it's you know so much blood sweat and tears that have gone into it mm. people don't see that they just think you're just there and you're it's something you know how to do, so you do yeah. it in the corner, and you should do it for free, really. Yeah, just Why like not? the garbage man and the butcher and the prime minister. Yeah. You should do it for free. Do you find that here, that the uh, the artists, you know, the creative types are getting lower on the social totem? and the mm-hmm. you feel that yourself? The esteem? Because in some places, if, like if you're a poet in South America, you're... Uh, you're held in great esteem. Yeah, I definitely think that, especially... Um, I mean, there's there's sort of like... A, it's weird, but there is a cap in Canada for for what I do, comedy, and you got to really work hard, and it's it's too bad. A lot of people have to leave, uh, go make a name for themselves somewhere. And people that do have great careers in Canada doing stand-up have usually gone elsewhere for a number of years and come back, and there's sort of like a, a prestige that comes with that. It's yeah. almost like Canada wants you once you've been away for a bit. Uh, yeah. You know, even yeah. like I lived in New York for a few years. As soon as I left, the whole country opened up to me. I could tour anywhere, but nothing had changed. I had just changed other than my address, you know? Yeah, maybe they we got this complex about we like it when people turn their back on us or something like that. It's weird because th- it's there. I mean, everything's the there. The people are there. It's j- there's no reason that it's it it has to be like that because if you look like a, at a place like Quebec, um, I mean they have a whole star system there. They support their own. They have their own culture. I mean, some I know some comedians that are that have earned great livings. I mean, literally millionaires, and they don't very much like they seldom leave the province of Quebec. Oh, is that because of the cultural? Uh you know, they're Quebec, uh, Quebecois, you are uh, Jacques, you make a joke about the hockey puck, uh, and they're in already. That's easy for them. That, that, yeah. That's easy. You know, <laughs> they don't have, they don't know what it's like here in that's Toronto. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like, oh, there's a guy with a guitar standing on right. his head in doing um, self-immolation. Yeah, right. Oh, streetcar's coming. <laughs> it's funny because uh, the, the comics that I do know, they have great careers in French, but they all strive to, they would all like a career in English. Like, um, they, they sort of envy, even though they, they see the financial success for some reason, there's something with American culture and making it like being successful in that sort of realm. Uh, I don't know. The, the States are very dominant in that sort of, uh, in the entertainment yeah. arena. Well, we're the little guy, aren't we? We are. Even though we invented Superman and a lot of other things. Mm. Like basketball and Krispy Crunch. Did we invent Krispy Crunch? Krispy Crunch. Smarties. I don't know about Smarties. They don't have them in the States. They don't? No. (laughs) See? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Stitch that. So you're in the UK for 18 (laughs) years, and you're part of what scene over there? The punk scene? The sort of... Because you're a little more of a punk background, if I'm correct. Yeah. I never wore the uniform, but I was... uh, yeah, I was very much into punk, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and it informed a lot of what I did. And from 79, I was in the UK, uh, and then resident from 81, which was a fantastic time 
to be in the UK. Mm. I mean, the tail end of punk and new wave and then new romantics. And then, you know, I'd be watching Top of the Pops and there's Duran Duran and Michelle Shocked on the same program or Billy Bragg and The Clash. And to me, that made perfect sense because there's no difference between folk and punk to me. Right. Uh, so I, I was uh, still in my formative years i was you know late 20s early 30s in the in the in the mid 80s and being in a bonkers com- country that was struggling economically and and all of that kicking off and the minor strikes and thatcher and uh, what have you and all that and don't fuck with me argentina and blah 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 it was great it was great because things mattered things right. hit you Right. You voted. Yeah, yeah. You vote. It's not like Canada where I could... It doesn't matter. I'm still going to live like a king even if I'm below the poverty line. Right, right. Over there, things readily affect you. And it affected me and it opened my eyes. Uh, it's grinding and relentless. The weather's shit. Everything's expensive and nothing works. But <laughs> you have to have a sense of humor. And they are the consummate... Uh, you know, they're the masters of, of the absurd and the com- comedic, aren't they? So it taught me as a North America to just shut up and get on with it. Right. Because that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. You are very funny on stage. You have a very interesting and uh, engaging delivery in between your songs. Is that something you honed over there more? Are you f- or are you more uh, forced to like fend for yourself when it comes to audiences? Are they less forgiving in a way? Or is that just... Uh, I, I I try to I try to contain it more than uh, release it. Are you, do you mean you mean here or in the UK? Both. I, yeah, in the UK it's appreciated. If they can take the piss out of you and you can take right. it and laugh, you're in. They love it. Right. If you take umbrage, you've had it. Mm. Um, and I think that's similar here, and not so much. But um, here I don't know. Toronto's different. Coming back in the last three and a half years, I've. I've almost I've almost given up mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, I don't know what I need to do. Either I'm shit and they just don't like me or I, I I'm still struggling kind of mm-hmm. to make an effort to go okay, well uh, here's what I do. I'm not going to change it, but I am thinking what do you want? What do you need? What do you what do I do? So no, I never did struggle. If they're talking, it doesn't matter where I am in the world. If people are talking, it's their night out. They're right. paying. They're paying for the drinks. They can do what they want. I was never a fan of hushing or saying, excuse me. Right, right. No, that doesn't bother me the slightest bit. Especially if it's a night where they don't... Uh, sometimes they just go to the place for a pint. They're not expecting any live music. And if it's there, great. It's a it's a benefit. It's a bonus. But what I, what I find ridiculous... Uh, this happens a lot in comedy. It's sort of an amateur move where someone will be doing a... Uh, a show because obviously comedy if the quieter the better the more engaged and the more attentive the, the people that's yeah. you know ideal but you do these rooms where it's free admission let's say and most of these people don't know that they're having they're in for a comedy show they're just going out for some wings all of a sudden there's this guy talking about his uh cock on stage in the corner <laughs> as and you do. as you as you do and uh cock if no, I f- I cringe every time I see this, and it, again, it's sort of more of an amateur move. But when like people are talking, and the comic will lose his shit on the audience, it's like who who are you, man? Who it's the hell like do you think you are? yeah, you're just people. First of all, they're not expected. What happens, I think, is people see 
they'll go on YouTube and then they'll see a famous clip of like George Carlin freaking out uh, at a heckler, which is 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 entertaining and totally fine in that context because when he when a George Carlin does it in those clips that you can find, you know he's in a theater. People are there to see George Carlin. Uh, they've paid seventy five, hundred, hundred and fifty dollars to see him. Yeah. Of course, if someone in inter- interrupts the show and heckles, yeah, lose your shit. But if you're, you know, ambient yeah. noise for wing night, yeah, I, you have no place. Yeah, freaking I, out at the I audience. agree. I I've always thought that, and and uh, the only time I've ever done it was, um, b- like you mentioned there, it was it got to the point where I I became acutely aware that it was disrupting disrupting other people enjoying. They had come to see me, so you know I made a point of saying something, um, but otherwise, if it's just me, I don't care. You know, mm. whatever. Yeah, you um, just do your thing. Then. Like you know, why don't why don't you just why don't you just go home? Yeah, why yeah. don't you why don't you just go somewhere else and and talk? Well, uh, whatever. Why don't I just go home? <laughs> I don't. You know, I don't. This is whatever. I don't know. I I, I just do it. I just dish it out. I yeah. Don't, I don't question it, man. I don't, you know, I'm I'm just there. I just I'm like the flower in the in the I'm like a flower in the woods. Yeah. There are a lot of other plants and trees and animals and rodents and bugs and marsupials possibly. Uh, and I'm just doing my job in the universe and then whether I'm seen or unseen, heard or unheard, I'd like to think it really doesn't matter, but I like to get stroked too cuz I'm an artist. So right. we we crave and repel of course that attention we need. The acceptance approval. Yeah, and for you it's like you, you're a you what is it you do? You you're a you're a yuck yuck. You're a comedian. What do they call it? A comedian. Oh, you're a comedian. Yeah. You know, do you find I mean, I'm sure you the people I'd like to start off saying something unfair like the people it's build so they're coming. Right. They know. They know the venue they're going to be in. Mm-hmm. They know they're going to get the, the the piss take if they sit near the front. They know it's going to be funny, and you're going to say cock. Right. Right. Um, sometimes I feel I would like that instead of being on a bill playing punk ukulele with um, a, a nice sweater one of the other acts wearing a kitty on her sweater singing folk and then there's heavy rock and people right. don't really know what they came for right so you've got to stand on your head to impress them which i don't do but anyway yeah whatever that's what we do well it's, it's kind it's of the same for for comedy it's i mean yeah people are often coming to a comedy show and it, it is billed but for the most part, they don't know what to expect. That you know, one guy can be clean, one guy can be really dirty, another guy can mm. be you know one-liners. So it's all sort. There's no genres. It's not like country night or punk night or. It's still just fa- all fall un- falls under the umbrella of com uh, right. comedy. So sometimes, I mean, it's sort of the same thing where you have that girl with the kitty sweatshirt playing folk. That sort of happens too, even in mainstream comedy clubs. It's sort of like you know. Isn't that good though? Like, especially if you go on after, and the contrast is good, and yeah. you go out and sh- after Hello Kitty, and my mummy takes her, you know, tissues out on garbage day on a Thursday in the suburbs, <laughs> and you come out and say, "Cock, <laughs> here I come, the Julian Dion." <laughs> the contrast, yeah, it's but good. you're very natural. You're very natural right. at it. You're very good. Thank you. Yeah, you're very funny. You make me laugh. I oh, want to be you. 
Next time, tell your face when you're on stage. Yeah, okay, um, I'll remember that. <laughs> Miserable <laughs> face. Well, that's because you pay us right. so little. Right. Two dollars. Yeah, Two dollars goes a long way these days. It does. Skittles. Mm-hmm. Almost bus fare. Take me two-thirds of the way home. That's right. No, I love it. It's great. I feel like Paul Schaefer up there sometimes. Well, that's that's what I that was the vision when you guys were asked to do it. You, I'd have five Paul Schaefer, four <laughs> Paul Schaefer's up there. <laughs> we are. We're all four. We're like four frontmen in our band. If you haven't been to the show, come check it out because it's uh, it's interesting. It's a so it's a comedy show, but Garage Baby's on stage the entire the entire length of the show, and they're all mic'd. And things happen organically. Things happen in the moment, and it's uh, you know for a, a comedian, it's a little more challenging because it's not just go up, do your set, do your thing. Anything can happen, right, you guys? And we saw that a couple of weeks ago, and someone sort of opened it up to you guys and didn't have much <laughs> to follow up with. And I thought, oh man, you you better be ready for this because we're four old gnarly old fucks, and we're gonna right. unload on you. But I love it. It makes a, it's a really good show. I mean, it's the dynamic is is good. It's getting a lot of buzz around town because of that. Oh, because good. of you guys. Um, because of the miserable guy. Because of the miserable guy, everyone's yeah, coming to see him. Face. What made you think you should leave the house with that face? They all say, up. "Wait till the miser- miserable guy sings, so he can yeah. belt out a fucking tune." I'm serious. I'm a s- I'm an artist. <laughs> That's I'm, a, right. I'm I'm I'm. Talk amongst yourselves while I process this uh, <laughs> misery. People have had that all my life. Are you tired? Right. You look tired. Yeah, uh, that's all I get. I used to work with this Frenchman every morning. Good morning, Michael. You look you look well. Have you have you been sick every morning? And I never figured out where he came. And I just thought, yeah. Like the British sarcasm has got an underlying wink to it. And if mm. you can take it, you're in. The French is just like terror strip. Oh, off. British is so subtle. I love that. Like their humor, their comedy, very, very subtle. They have a brutal poetry about that culture. They never say anything directly. They never right. say what they mean. You got to right. pick up on it. And I love it. Yeah. Well, and that comes across as in in parenting too. <laughs> like they're just so <laughs> repressed, you know, or yeah. suppressed. Yeah. Um, did you find any sort of uh, difference in audience when you were over there? Yes. For eighteen years. Yeah. Massively. In what way? Um, they'll let you know immediately uh, where they're at with your gig. You know, if they like it, they, you know, and there's a there's a very interesting thing like playing house concerts, bars, uh, wherever, mm-hmm. uh, wherever the gig is. If they like it, like you'll get these up in the north, these guys, the guy, the girls are all dolled up and tanned, and they're all right, love, all right, all right, all right, me chicky, and they're all touchy feely, and the guys are all like Cro Magnum shaved heads, bulldogs, and like hard as mm-hmm. fuck, but they're warm as toast, and they'll, they are the ones who will say, shh, 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 hey, 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 the guy's singing here, mm-hmm. and I'm like, really? It's just me, yeah, yeah, and they're like, no, 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 so like they respect, you know, and they like that, they like if they like you. Um, and if you can take uh, a joke like this, you can say, you know, um, really hard, but really warm. Right. Whereas, uh, I've clammed up a lot since I come back to Toronto because I, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells in this town. Right, right. Yeah, really and truly. So I don't know. I think there's so, there's, there's less of, um, the code. The code over there is much more primal, much more brutal. Uh... If you break the code, you know, uh, there's the politeness. But over here, the code, there are so many codes. Right. It strikes me as. And so many, I don't want to say facades or cloak of decencies, but there's like the polit, the politically correct, the polite, the nice. 
the new nice, which I kind of envy your job and your craft because you're they expect you to attack that or mm-hmm. at least bypass it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or at least not give a shit. I'm wheezing. Hang on a second. <laughs> sorry. <coughs> yeah. Sorry. We'll edit that out. Did that answer your question? <laughs> that did. Yeah. Uh, so you were there 18 years, mid 20s. You you got there mid 20s. 21. 21. Mm. 18 years. Mm. That's, yeah, informative. Your drugs, alcohol over there. Oh, please. <laughs> In excess? Sure. Yeah. I'm still here, though. All right. Yeah, I'm a lightweight now. And it's very economical, though. It's very economical. It is economical. I'm the same way. I can't do it anymore. It's like, you know. I remember taking the dog for a walk here in Scarborough when I was a kid. You know, I'd smoke a whole, a big old reefer full of only weed. And then nowadays, you know, on the tour buses, I used to do a lot of crew work with bands in the UK. Mm -hmm. On the tour buses, we get on the bus. They call me Dusty Sprinklefield. I'd be like uh, mixing tobacco with a oneer, and there's is this going live, mom? <laughs> and and I'd be sprinkling like, like uh, you know, and they'd be going stroll on, mate. You know, like don't you know, don't yeah. put some just ease up with it, there, Mike. And they're rolling blunts with like sushi mats and full right. of full of a half a pound in each one. No, I can't do that. I have to be able to think, mm. you know, at least two thoughts per hour. I'm the same way. I mean, I reached a point where I it was like. I just felt like I was wearing a lead helmet all the time, mm. you know, that just sort of, mm. but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's too much. So I'm cheap to run these days. Couple of, couple of vodkas. Um, I'm done. Done and done. Bed. I always thought it, wouldn't it be great if you, one of these people who got larry and loud and staggered home and lost a shoe and, you know, that would be fun. There'd be a reason to get pissed. Right. But right. I don't, I just go to bed right. i just get tired <laughs> i said i'm just gonna you know, party you know like uh, i even stopped saying i'm just gonna go to the toilet i just leave just right, sneak right. Out by, that's the best way to leave any party just really go. You, i mean i i am the master houdini like when it comes to parties are you oh I yeah i thought i was i just and people talk to Gone. me the next day where did you go and how yeah. I'll even turn my phone off because then you start getting phone calls and, and text messages but yeah it's just so draining the, the goodbye process at a party yeah. and people try to convince you to stay and then you have to say goodbyes with everyone yeah I just same I just I don't even say uh, I'll go to the bathroom I'll just like just duck out yep just leave just <laughs> just leave goodbye show like try to make uh, an appe- you make an appearance um, get uh, get a couple pictures in try where you're in the background of the foreground, maybe. Yeah, get some free food. Try the dip. F- yeah, um, and then and just just bounce. Yeah. I love. I actually pulled a Houdini one time because I w- when I drank I would get really tired. That's my thing. I would drink a few drinks and then just hit a wall where I'm <laughs> like bed now. <laughs> fuck everything else. Uh, I gotta go, and I pulled a Houdini. Because I've only stopped drinking nine months ago and everything, nine months. But um, I was here in Toronto like a year ago with some buddies. There's about four or five of us walking down the street. And of course, Toronto cabs everywhere. And I think we're on Queen, Queen Street West. And that's um, me and three other guys. And I literally just fell back 10 feet, pivoted, jumped in a cab, and <laughs> I was gone. Like That's Houdini while walking with yeah. them on the street. Like they just, I imagine for their perspective, they just turn around and they're like, 
Where is he? I was yeah. I was just gone. Oh, that's cool. I I uh, yeah, cuz I always thought I was the only evil person in the world. Well, Michael, you just left and we didn't and you were uh, and that's so mean. And then I found out my new girlfriend who uh is not so new anymore. It's been 25 years. No, it's been since I mean almost a year, I better remember. Anyway, um she said, "Oh yeah, I just leave." And I went, "Oh, it's wonderful." That's the best. All right. Okay, so you're in Uttar Pradesh or Paris. And you see someone from Toronto on the other side of the street. What do you do? Avoid them. Fully. Nothing. Fully. I fucking walk. Avoid them. I don't even look. 100%. I go for a coffee over <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Yeah. You're evil. You're wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. Oh, I just can't believe you did that. Huh. It's not the way you avoided me. I mean, it's not that you avoided me. It's just that the way you avoided me. Right. It's the tone. <laughs> it's the tone. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Yeah, I got another friend who likes to bail. Yeah, That's it's fantastic. the best. It's it the is. best. And even situations where you would you would think bailing would be unheard of, like at a wedding, I think that's the best time to bail. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's there. It's going to take you an hour just to say goodbye. Just like bounce at those things. Especially if you're in Europe where you got to kiss. Like in Belgium, it's three times. Right. Both sides. One, two. One, two. Is this in stereo? Seriously? One, two. Yeah. Oh, Both my God. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's exhausting. That is too much. I th- I, two is it? Like one, I can do. First of all, I never know now the etiquette with that shit. Like, do you go in for the kiss? Do you do the half hug? Do you do the handshake? I, I, it I depends how it. she smells, <laughs> and if you're related. Right. If she smells nice and she's gorgeous. Get in there. Get right in there. Yeah. Um, I pulled another Houdini one time here in Toronto again. My two buddies, and they knew at this point my rep- re- reputation, and <laughs> they're we're just waiting. Yeah, and we're standing on a patio, <laughs> and they're like. Another round? I'm like, no, nah, I'm all right. I'm, I still have like half a pint left. They're like, okay, we're going to go inside, grab a round. Don't fucking go anywhere. <laughs> I'm like, really? This is, uh, this is, I'm pretty much going to be gone, yeah. but for sure when you come back. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, no worries. And they go in. Sure enough, they come back. I was probably home There's by the time they came. There's a puff of smoke there. <laughs> I've gotten in trouble. I got in trouble from the band. I got in trouble from my agent in mm-hmm. Holland. I got in trouble. Well, we didn't know where you were. Well, there were 10 of you stood on the corner saying, where should we go now? The whole tourist Democrat, democratic thing. Yeah. Well, what do you feel like? What do you... Bennett's yeah. gone. And I get in shit for it. We were worried. You're grown adults. There's right. 10 of you. You don't need me to sit there and go, well, what about coffee? No. And you got a cell phone. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and. Well, my mother likes to bring up the stories. I'm sorry to make this all about me. Please, it but is. But it is it's an interview. It is an interview. Yeah. It is about. Okay, so dinner table, all the stories come out. There are lots of them. But the chief one is when I was three or four, uh, we went to Vancouver as a family. And I buggered off on the ferry to Victoria. So there's my grandparents, my parents, and the whole boat. The whole ferry is looking for me hmm. yeah, in my new suit. Uh, so uh, an hour goes by apparently this is the story i know it well because it comes out at every dinner table my (laughs) mother thank you i love her anyway i was driving the boat i was driving the ferry wearing the captain's hat you see (laughs) everything's fine i'm learning skills here i saw the sign yeah Yeah. i saw the sign up the staircase i remember that distinctly but i couldn't read wasn't my fault where's michael overboard oh my god announcements and everything seriously yeah i'm on the i'm and somehow the captain didn't make or get the announcements anyway so I'm driving the fucking ferry, man. <laughs> I'm getting some skills. You all just carry on uh, looking looking for me. So I've run off from a very early age. 
and I'm still getting in shit for it, but I ain't going to stop. Uh, why, why would you? Listen, we're going to take a short break, and um, we're going to come back. You're going to play a couple uh, uh, uke tunes for yeah. us. Now, when you play these songs, are we listening to Wordman of Alcatraz or Miguel Benitez? Yes. Okay, both. All right, take a short break. We'll be right back. Bye-bye. Today's episode is also brought to you by HP Audio. Toronto listeners, here's another one for you. Contact HP Audio today for any DJ services for your wedding, for your private event, for your corporate function, for your corporate luncheon. That's right, luncheon. Contact HP Audio today for your elaborate audio installs and setups. Don't try to do it yourself. That never ends well. Contact the professionals at HP Audio. Email djhpaudio at gmail.com. That's djhpaudio at gmail.com. Enter once again JDCH in the subject line. Okay, we are back, and uh, we're back. We're going to try this brand new segment here. Um, we're here with uh, Jen Grant, Jen Grant, uh, JenGrantComedy.com, or JenGrant.com. You have a voicemail. Okay, this is actually a new segment we're going to do, and it's uh, Jen's idea. It's her whole uh, thing. Um, so Don't say it's the whole thing, like, as if, you're, if it doesn't do well doesn't do well then it's like this is jen's whole thing it's not anything to do with me it has nothing to do with me anyway uh no i like the idea it's a good idea obviously it's on here so um we're gonna do this segment uh well we'll drop the jingle time now for are you mariah or yoko and now julian dion presents are you mariah or yoko where we find out from each of your celebrity guests is it vocal range or vocal strain? Okay, so this is the premise of the segment. Uh, why don't you explain, Jen, since it's the first one, and we'll be doing this a lot, but explain to the listeners what, what, what this is. Okay, well, you know when you're listening to your um, earbuds and you're listening to your music and you really love the song and you sing along to it when you're in the car or you're by yourself, you, you think you sound amazing because you can't actually hear your voice. So you think uh-huh. what you're singing is what you're hearing, which is them, which is an amazing recording and professional singer. Anyway, so uh, this is a little experiment to see, do I sound as good as I think I do? Okay. So let's see. So we've got uh, in one corner, Jen Grant, comedian. And in the other corner, we've got Mr. Mike Bennett, singer-songwriter. I have a, I have a feeling how this might go down, but I, I'm I not going to be... I'm nervous. <laughs> okay. Here. So uh, the song of choice today for both... So it's the same song for both people is uh, Georgia On My Mind, the Willie Nelson version. Okay. Thanks. So I'm going to press play. And again, Jen can't hear herself. All she can hear is the music really loud. And we'll see um, how her singing is. This is her shower singing, in a way. Oh, boy. Okay, and uh, I'm going to hit play. Georgia. (laughs) Georgia. The whole day through. It's bad, I know, I can tell. Stop looking. No sweet song. Keeps Georgia 
on my mind. <laughs> this is Georgia. Georgia. A song of you comes as sweet and clear as moonlight through the pines. <laughs> okay. okay. All uh, right. That was Jen Grant's submission. That was pretty funny, actually. I think this is going to be a good segment. Um, now we're going to hand over the cans to Mr. Mike Bennett. Uh, we're going to start the song over. So again, the segment is Are You Mariah or Yoko? Which you can deduce what uh, uh, which one is which. You will be needing that. And remember to okay. eat that. I Okay. Mike. I can't. Okay, so you can't hear yourself. I can't any. hear anything. All right. So Are we on? <laughs> is this? Am I talking? Is what? Okay. Oh, I can't hear the song. Okay, I'm going to press there's play. Nothing. Oh, there's and nothing playing. So go for all. So we were going to do it for ten seconds. Jen went for thirty-five. So we'll keep. We'll just all. Where are we going 35. from? We're going to start off the top. Okay. So in three, two, and sense. one. There we go. Oh, okay. Here we go. Georgia, Georgia. Hmm. The whole day through, I'm Willie Nelson. Just an old sweet song. Keeps Georgia on my mind. Hmm. I smoke a lot of weed. Um, Willie Nelson. Georgia. Georgia. I saw you. Comes as sweet. Do you want me to stop? As moonlight. Through the prunes? Hang on, who wrote that? All right, that is hilarious. I have to say, yeah, that was really good, yeah. actually. Uh, well, okay, well, of course. What'd you expect? Yeah, I would have to say, based <laughs> on uh, this one here, I'm gonna have to call uh, call this one um, a draw. A, uh, <laughs> Mine was awful. No, it wasn't awful talking to the mic. Mine was awful. Um, I'll have to, uh, geez, this is a tough one. I'm going to say Jen is Yoko on this one, and uh, uh, Michael is uh, Mariah. <laughs> We're breaking up. So that oh was Mariah. Are You Mariah or Are You Yoko? <laughs> We're uh, coming in for a close here. Uh, I'd like to, uh, do you want to play a couple songs, uh, Mike? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna play Does Elise. It pay? Oh, it pays. Okay. Yeah. Shit. Uh-oh. Oh Sexy voice. <laughs> yeah. You have missed your turn. Oh, it pays. <laughs> what if I cr what if I crank up the low ends when yeah, I do that? What on. does that do? Give yourself some bottom. Yeah. Bottom. Oh shit. Oh. oh. Bottom. Yeah, it pays. Put some reverb. Oh. On there. Let's see if I wet it. Wet it. Reverb. reverb as they say. Um, Put a bit of repeater on there. Hello. I don't. Uh, this is the oh truth. shit! Yeah, it pays. It pays, baby. It pays. It pays. Big Hello, time. reverb. It's not working. All right, fuck. Um, it's getting very silly. Uh, yeah. Started okay. Off, it's a good idea. 
and derailed fast. Uh, let me just here. adjust my low ends here. I kind of like it with I'm low out of control. Ends. Yeah, you should do that. Okay, so uh, just, uh, yeah, get into If you just want to tell us what the song and name is and um, bring it up to the mic. Oh, I'm going to have to do this really high like this, something like this. Get comfortable. All right. And well, this, uh, this is the word man of Alcatraz, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, this is a song called uh, I Found Money. I was doing some laundry, life's little chores, when I noticed something shiny down on the floor. There were others around, so quick as a bunny, I slipped it in my pocket, smooth as honey, found money. It's as easy as that, I found money. Our troubles are over, found money. It's as easy as that, I found money. Our troubles are over As I was walking down the street I thought I might get a little something to eat Once more I looked down I thought, now that's funny That little green paper looks just like money Found money It's as easy as that I found money Yep Our troubles are over Found money It's as easy as that I found money Mm-hmm. Our troubles are over So after the dentist I was feeling quite ill For I was presented With a rather large bill A stroll in the park Would be peaceful and sunny And then I found a whole suitcase Full of money I found money It's as easy as that I found money Yep, Our troubles are over Found money it's as easy as that, I found money. That's right. Our troubles are over. I was at the museum, eating some chips, looking at some artifacts from Egypt. When a cloud of pink smoke comes out of this mummy and he says, you got three wishes. It's your lucky day, Sonny. Found money. It's as easy as that, I found money. Mm-hmm. Our troubles are over, found money. It's as easy as that, I found money. Our troubles are over. Nicely done. Yeah, that's that's the, uh, did you get the ukulele on that? Yeah, that 100%. Picked it up. That's great, man. That was a good, good jam. Um, so before we play your next one, uh, anything you'd like to plug? Good sir, website, bandcamp.com. Word man of Alcatraz. I just yeah, thank you. I just released uh, a new video. Uh, it's a slideshow mm -hmm. video because that's easy and cheap. And I got a lot of friends from F Book to send in uh, pictures of themselves being very silly. So it's just people being. I just very realized silly. I never did that. You asked me to do it. Yeah. Well, Fuck, sorry. You're out. I still came here, and we're still friends as far as you think. But I will leave <laughs> and bail at any time without saying anything. <laughs> you didn't send me a picture, Fuck. and therefore, dot, 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 I'd be, I will now forever be preoccupied with some sort of uh, offense. Shit, sorry, man. No problem. And, uh, yeah, completely forgot about that. Well, you don't get on top of the pops, do you? And that's the thing. That way. And so that's coming out. That's out with the song I'm about to play. And it mm. is at the, as you said, thank you very much. It's at uh, 
the word man of Alcatraz. Just Google it. Just Google the word band, man of Alcatraz. The word man of Alcatraz. You get three pages of the shit because there's nobody else dumb enough to call himself that. Perfect. And what about your Mr. Bennett stuff? Uh, iTunes? You can get that on there? Or no. No? Don't to start. I'm, I'm officially off Mac. You're off Mac? Ten years of tolerating their spectacular greed and built-in obsolescence and updates and updates. It's update or die. And I've got four devices. And then the recent uh, edition of the... U- oh, yeah. I'm going to get YouTube political album. on your ass here. Do yeah. it. It's not a gift, it's manipulation. Mm. And uh, you're talking about the YouTube album yeah. that was forced upon everyone. Yeah. Right. And and uh, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. So I wrote them a long letter finishing with "fuck you," mm. and I'm canceling my uh, iTunes account and I'm selling all my Apple uh, stuff. And if I do get another computer, it'll be a cheap laptop because I'm sick of the whole shit anyway. Mm. So I'm kind of glad that this is getting me out of the. When's spinning. that song coming out? You have to write an anti-Mac that's song. Cheery, now. that's that's cheery. Yeah, anti-Mac, <laughs> anti-Mac man. I'm Mac man. All right. Well, check him out. Wordman of Alcatraz, Mike Bennett, and um, play us out. This is called. There's no one else like me. There's no one else like me, and I'm sure. You must agree From Inverness to Waikiki No one else like me There's no one else like me What you get, that's what you see No hokum or chicanery No one else like me There's no one else like me Neither real nor imaginary Well, I can't be beat for modesty No one else like me There's no one else like me Up in the air, on land or in the sea I'm fast as wind and tough as a tree No one else like me There's no one else like me Oh, you could say I am an oddity Well, I think you'll find it's rarity No one else like me There's no one else like me A rinky-dinky-dinky-doodle-dee On a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday No one else like me There's no one else like me not a word of a lie do I tell thee. I beat Muhammad Ali and Bruce Lee. No one else like me. There's no one else like me. It's been decided by the grand jury. So just beware of forgery. No one else like me. There's no one else like me. Oh, I could go on endlessly just like bohemian rhapsody but not like solomon grundy no one else like me there's no one else like me and all the world is full of jealousy from inverness to waikiki from halifax to moosonee from moscow to schenectady from the rocky mountains to the bay of fundy italy romany and dundee from tallahassee to 
Poughkeepsie, Timbuktu to Timbuk3 from the Okeechobee to Omimi, all the way from Turkey to Albuquerque, Albany, Tuscany, Chamonix, Hackney, all the way from Goose Bay to Moose Factory. No one else like me. Nobody. Thank you very much. Nobody. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks for stopping by and doing the Thank podcast. You. I appreciate it, it's brother. A pleasure. Thanks, Julian. And watch your head, man. Well, there we go. Show number two is in the books. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Mike Bennett for stopping by. Thanks to Jen Grant for that Mariah or Yoko segment. We'll be doing a lot of that. Thanks to Baby Jeffrey. Thanks to you. Again, cannot thank you enough. Shout out to my producer, Adam Fox, sound engineer, Miles Lacroix. Thank you, everybody. What else can I say before I go? Oh, if you're in the Toronto area, come to Say What tomorrow night, Wednesday, September 24th, for the Julian Dion Comedy Hour stand-up showcase. Myself and Garage Baby, who is on the show tomorrow. Tricks will be there, Rob Mayu. It's going to be a good show. Fun. One of the best shows in the city. Come check it out. 9 p.m. Say what? 67 Front Street East. Go to jdcomedyhour.com for upcoming epis and also to see who's on the live shows. Twitter.com slash jdcomedyhour. Instagram. At jdcomedyhour. Facebook slash JD Comedy Hour, all that good stuff. Do it up. Do it up. Hope I'm not forgetting anybody. Mom, I love you. Have a good one. Watch your head. This is Mike Bennett, and you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Perfect. Do you want to word man? Word man of Alcatraz? Hi, this is the word man of Alcatraz. You're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Beautiful. And then maybe one with Miguel Benitez. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just came to me. Hola. I am Miguel Benitez. This be the Ju- Jul- Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Fucking awesome. Gracias. <laughs> that's the wrong one, isn't it? That's Italian. Hola. No, that's that it's stuff that comes out of my face.